Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All-Star Season 2, Episode 9, titled Reunion. My name's Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by two contentious co-hosts. First from the podcast pod, he's making... Please say hello, hello, hello to one Taylor, the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor Latte Boy. Joseph, how are you today? Fine. We are at the live 2016... Uh, yeah, Pride Forty Eight live streaming event. Yes, and, yes. Uh, it is what a, what a time it is to be alive. And the what team. a time it is to, to to get to have to wait for these very special events like a RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars. Oh yeah, you just know, the, the, the fact that we know seat, yeah. we're going to have to wait until twenty twenty for the next one if everything yeah. keeps going the way it is. Yeah, and you know what? I have advice for RuPaul and World of Wonder because season eight, which we just finished earlier this year, mm-hmm. was. A shortened season. They only did 10 episodes to mm-hmm. make room for this all-star season. I'm telling you, this is what I'm saying. Go the full season and then do a whole full season. We could do more all-stars. We could do more uh, uh, drag race. We would we want drag race every week of the year. And to have someone comment on that, why don't we have <sighs> from the podcast, Dubious Intent Plus, oh. please say... Hello, hello, hello to Daniel J. Brewer. Hello, hello Joe Batanz. Hello, Taylor Latte. By the way, Joe, can you turn your sound up a bit? Because you're a bit quiet. Uh, Taylor's coming in a bit hot, and I don't mean, you know, visually. Um, I would like to say that you're both wrong. You're both wrong. <laughs> RuPaul just won an Emmy. I think she's just going to cash out. I think she's done. Yeah, so I don't, th- I don't think that yeah. we're ever going to see another All-Stars. I think All-Stars mm-hmm. 2 is going to go down in history as the last RuPaul's. Uh, put it on the board. Put it on my Mark my words is the last All-Stars ever. Well, look, we had to wait uh, four years for this one. So by the, we're not, we're not going to get another All-Stars till 2020. All-Stars right, 3, exactly. 2020. Yeah. 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 But thank God they're only staying in America. I only want the American perspective of drag queens. Oh, yeah, I, I, I don't want, want other, yeah. who would want them to branch out? That'll never ever happen. I don't want to see that. That'd be boring. Right? <laughs> it's horrible. I wouldn't want everyone to see that ever. How long are we doing this All bit? Right, well, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, well you, well, you know, Daniel, I will say, uh, so everyone listening, uh we we're, we've actually we're having a reunion of sorts ourselves. Uh, when we last left you, we were like, uh, oh, well, we'll see you next week for the uh, the reunion. And then I think what happened, which is so funny where context is important, I think we watched the reunion and we're like, meh, we'll get to it when we get to it. But now that I watch it in the context of the seasons that I've passed, I'm like, this is probably one of the best reunions ever. <laughs> you know? like, But at the time, we're like, meh. You know? But anyway, yeah. we are now in 2021. It's five years later. Mm-hmm. And we're back together to, to uh, back, back, back again to uh, recap the reunion. Let's actually jump right into it. This week, RuPaul, All-Stars 2 winner Alaska, and the rest of the girls get together to kiki about the just-completed All-Star season. Coco cries, a dog cries. Alaska throws a fake a fake leg, and Fifi O'Hara no-shows and gets dragged for filth. Trust the Duchess when she says, if you're not covering the All-Stars 2 reunion, you're only getting... This meeting is being forward. recorded. Sorry. Yeah, now we have a new <laughs> we have a new co-host. Her name is uh, Phyllis, and she likes to just update us sometimes. But if you have her show with Lori Roggenkamp, she'll just come in with non sequiturs. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the Lori Roggenkamp of hosts, and she's Excellent. she'll be joining Excellent. and weighing in sometimes. All right, but anyway, ladies, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Let's start with our very special co-host, Daniel J. Brewer. Uh, two things that I liked about it. And one thing that I did not is that is that the format here? That is the way it Most works. Format here, I I agree with you. I 
I remember hating the reunion shows because they were so flat and boring, but based on yeah. how flat and boring everything has been in the last several years, this yeah. reunion show was actually quite it was it was kind of cheeky, if I could borrow that expression. Mm-hmm. Like they they definitely made some uh some some digs at some stuff that I was like oh oh that look at them being all frisky, uh, and I, I like the, the second thing I liked about it was they set up front that one queen didn't show up tonight and they made a point of not saying her name and yet a good twenty minutes of the episode was about Fifi it's just like yeah. and going so far at one point into actually getting uh, Tatiana to speculate what Fifi was thinking when she said something. And I was like, this is, this is genius. I love this. I love that Fifi's not here. They're just using other people to interpret <laughs> what, yeah. what Fifi was like, the, the hidden Fifi character. I love that. The thing I did not like about it, simple, Ginger Mint. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I forgot about Daniel's hatred of Ginger Mint. <laughs> By the way, you can send your emails to the best of today at gmail.com. That is our Afterthought Media official complaint email, and make sure you talk about that. Let's go to Taylor the Latte Boy. Taylor, give me two things liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Well, I feel like I liked the validation of this because a lot of the notes that the queens were saying or a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff was stuff that I feel the three of us talked about when we were, were talking about the season as far as what they could have possibly been thinking or, um, you know, th- that sort of thing. Uh, something else that I really liked was I liked that there seemed to be this balance of we're starting to recognize that the effects of this show on our careers and some of the ways that we have to say things, but we're also balancing where it's almost like we've got a foot in two boats of the other is where we seem very direct and very honest, but also very respectful. It wasn't, I know the format kind of was set up sort of like a real housewives reunion. And I know that's Mm -hmm. just about fighting and mm-hmm. they didn't – nobody seemed to do that. There seemed to be a genuine affection that everybody, for the most part, seemed to have for everybody else mm-hmm. on the stage. That being said, the thing that I did not like about it was I watched this on iTunes, so so they still have the little bumpers for the commercials, and everything made it look like there was going to be a fight on the next segment. Mm-hmm. And it's just that taken out of context that is so ridiculous and so trying to manipulate your emotions – and, if you, and just, if you remember at one point uh, later, Alaska even made a joke about the edit going out yeah. to the commercials. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's an example of what I'm talking yeah, about. Where she yeah. goes, you're going to use this as an example of yeah, one of those things. Exactly. But and talking about like the silly music, you know, I didn't want to do something that was going to cause the, you to play the silly music behind me and yeah, that sort of yeah. thing. You know, it, 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 for me, I, I, I actually was surprisingly like the reunion. I usually I find these reunions to be quite the slog. There was, there were sloggish moments to it, but it were, they were fewer and far between than we're used to. So I thought it had a very good pace. The other thing, too, I was thinking of, and I guess you could call this a thing that I like, and is uh, – and I was talking to, about, to Taylor about this separately. Taylor and I do a private show just for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't know that. It's for the most exclusive tier of all time at Patreon. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's, just, it's just me and Taylor on the phone. You get to listen <laughs> to us on the phone. Today would have been a doozy, but uh, yeah. let me <laughs> – Top <laughs> ratings. Yeah, that would have been $100 a month if you went on today. <laughs> but um, but uh, what I'm going to tell you is I was talking about this because Taylor gave we, – we had an embargo at first placed by one Taylor, the latte boy. He wanted to keep us as if we were in 2016, and I'm glad he didn't because I was thinking about when I was watching the show, this ginger minge. She is on this All-Star 6 now. She's come back. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And I wonder if she sits in that workroom and she goes, I competed against the most iconic. I was in season two with the most iconic, where the least iconic person was Coco Montrese, who's still an icon, right? <laughs> and now she's competing against Serena Cha-Cha. Right. Okay. And uh, all the other people who went in eighth, came in eighth place on their season, you know, and, and Scarlet Envy. Is that her name? Yeah. Sure. Go with that. Because there's, well, there's Scarlet something or other in Australia. I always confuse them. Scarlet Adams is in Australia. Uh, and so I was thinking, like, I wonder what that's like. And, and sort of on a related topic is over on Patreon, we just finished. Um, by the way, I want to say a big shout out. This is a special tier to our number one patron. He pays the most money per month. OK, I, people don't know this. It's, it's a secret tier. Auntie Vera Charles, she is the biggest patron of Afterthought Media. She gives a lot of her shekels to us every month. I want to give her a shout out. But um, but what I was going to say is, I we, so he would know that we've been covering season three for our exclusive tier. And we just finished it. And one of the things that struck me there and struck me here is, on season three during the Tic Tac lunch, RuPaul seemed a lot more intimate with the girls and it felt more like a conversation rather than Mama Rue high atop the mountain, you yeah. know, in the Pride 48 studio. And um on this and it sort of felt that way with All Stars too, that while she was the moderator, a lot of the drag queens weren't paying her the deference. It was very subtle that you now it's like, oh God hath spoken, yeah. you know? Where now they're having a yes, she's the boss. But a conversation much more she's much even though she has the one emmy it's much more down to earth conversation they're having a conversation with her as another person and it's not like yeah but this was this was also she was she even made references she's put a hundred queens on right this is right after the the season where we had our hundredth queen Derek barry but Mm -hmm. the uh, uh, what was i going to say i don't remember what i was going to say they didn't seem as afraid of her. Yes, they don't. No, I think I think they, since yeah. then, when they cranked up the machine after the Emmy, when they cranked up the seasons and cranked up everything, yeah. I don't know that RuPaul knows everybody contestants' names at this point. Like, there's been a lot of girls that have gone through on all the vitter, you know, the different iterations of that show, including the foreign ones. It's like yeah. I don't know that she would know who they are. So this is, I guess that's that's the other thing, right? Is this at the point in time where you're like more like a small company where you're not so far removed from the president you know of the company that you could actually like joke with him? I think you're right. I think this is where she, she, her brain says at this point, that's enough. Because I remember in season nine, I've told this story a million times. I saw like a local news report on um, uh, DragCon. And she's walking through the hallway, <laughs> through, the, mm-hmm. through, the, through the DragCon on the floor. And she goes, this is, this is during season nine is airing. DragCon, season nine is airing. It's, I think we've just seen the, uh, the mask gate, you know? And she's walking through and she goes, she's walking with the report. And she goes, oh, and there's that... Um, What's her name? She's my favorite. I love her. And they go, Nina Bonina Brown. Nina Bonina Brown. She's on the season. And and she doesn't know her name. So I, I think but I think she would know all of these queens' names. All right, let's move on. Um first up, RuPaul lays out the landscape for the audience, whips out her first Emmy trophy, and throws some not so subtle shade at Fifi O'Hara. The girls react to the gag of the plot t- twist of the se- the pl- the plot tit. Of the mm-hmm. season, mm-hmm. Alaska talks about the pact. There's debate about the pact, and Alyssa denies ever being part of said pact. Coco Montrese breaks down as she reveals she was recovering from a serious illness before appearing in All Stars and had kept it hidden from the rest of the cast. And uh, finally, Coco calls out Roxy for eliminating her, but they land up making up in the end. Let's start with um, the veteran uh, mental health 
professional here, Mr. Taylor the Latte Boy. A lot going on here in terms of emotions. Were there any big thoughts here in this first act and all the things I mentioned, specifically like Coco and Roxy and breaking down in the social media? Coco, that seemed genuine. There seemed to be the point of that that seemed very much of the where she recognized that she had an opportunity that didn't go where she wanted it to and that it sounds like the tweet that she had sent out was sent out of anger. I'm sure that that was where, you know, you, you think you know the story, but then you see how they, the producers edit it and manipulate it into something else. Um, and there was a, there was a lashing out at that point. Um, I, I've never been a huge Coco fan, but I did, I kind of forgot. it's sort of one of these where she's one where you kind of think, and a couple of them are like that, where you think what would have happened if they had went further? You know, I'm thinking of two or three and specifically of how different that season would have been had they gone different. And Coco is definitely one of them. Um, The other thing that I wrote was that I found it interesting that when they showed uh, Rue said, you know, I've sent a hundred queens through this machine or anything. And they had all of the little tiny pictures do you know whose was the very last one down at the bottom? Did, it, did either of you notice who it was? No, who? Fifi? Willem. Oh, it was Willem. <laughs> <laughs> Which I kind of took as a fuck you, like like an afterthought, sort of, pardon the pun, um, sort of thing that was that was put at the bottom. But th- those are those are my main thoughts about that first segment. What about you, Daniel? Oh, uh, you know, you touched on three areas here that I had stuff written down about. Yeah. Uh, number one. Uh, after the right before the cry, Coco's thing was my proudest moment was being there. Like that, <laughs> that, that's yeah. her proudest moment, just being there. That was, uh, there. and then five minutes of crying. And I, 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 although I think the crying was genuine, the way it was edited with a, weren't they like clipping to a door crying from later in the episode in that thing? They were mm-hmm. just, they're just zooming in on girls' faces so you could see them tearing up on that whole thing. Right. It was just like, more, give me more. But I, I wanted to circle back to the very beginning when Rue announces the uh, addition of the bullshit paddle. Yeah. And the example that she gave for that was if I hear anyone say blame the edit, bullshit. And I, I, this is a conversation that I, as no longer being on the show, often have with you guys that you don't ever hear because I'm shouting at my radio in the car, <laughs> is the, um, the, the edit, the, 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 t- what am I talking about? The tinkering by the editors. What do you call it? the shenanigans that you guys like mm-hmm. often? And the it, goopery, the goopery, and the gaggery, and it's now just become such a trope. I feel like it's the it's the RuPaul Drag Race universe's version of political correctness, right? It's just like mm-hmm. everything gets blamed on political correctness. It doesn't matter whether it's part of political correctness or not. It's like, oh, yeah, my middle name is actually Steve. It's <laughs> political correctness. You know, it's just mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying. I feel like. The blame the edit has just become so expansive. I, I'm not saying that there is no actual editing and manipulating going on of the edit, but I don't believe it's as pervasive as everyone likes to believe that it is. You know what I'm saying? There are absolutely things that you can edit out of context that will change the public's perception of you. So for a queen to say something like, I'm not really a horrible bitch, I, you know, it was kind of the edit is in my mind, a valid thing to say. Yes, they said those words, but did they say them in that order or in that you know, on the same day? Did they say them days apart? There's all kinds of things that we can do uh, as editors to tell a different, you know, a story, to paint a picture of a story that we want. And we know in reality television that people are cast uh, to be in certain, 
you know, uh, roles. Like he's the jock. He's, she's the model. You know, like they try to put people in, and on Drag Race, it'd very much be like, well, she's the pageant queen. Oh, she's the caddy queen. Oh, she's the underdog. You know, that these are roles that they paint with these confessionals. So I just feel like, for her to use that as the bullshit expression is like, I, I feel like that's a very valid thing that I think blaming the edit is to me a very valid thing that a queen can do. It is. It is. It is. It is. I mean, I think, I think that, but Rue is also protecting her brand at that point. Mm-hmm. I think that we have seen time and time again and people have gotten more, um, understanding that we are being manipulated by the music. We are being manipulated by the way that they cut a particular scene together or taking something out of context. But at this point, the show wasn't at people weren't as completely fanatically as invested in it as they, many of them are get to be now. So Rue recognizes, Oh no, I can't have you all figuring out that we took things or (laughs) I know there was like where Fifi had said the producer specifically asked me to say trashy things about Alyssa. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and so she was doing everything she could to have people where people aren't necessarily looking at the man behind the curtain. Right. All right. And then the, the last thing that I wrote down here, Joe, yeah. I'm sorry, because no, I no. know we're on a time schedule here. No, this, this is, what is, the show is about. This is a this is a conspiracy moment that I had, Joe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they showed the, the tweet that Coco had sent out. You know, what I'm saying you the one mm-hmm. that you just said, you know, she, yeah. they said that it was her, what she had said about Roxy. Right? Are you playing that music? Yeah, it's the X Files music. Oh, okay. I've got a conspiracy here, Joe. Oh, okay, good. I want to make sure. I'm like, Am I, I was playing music. I was going. No. I was, apparently, this song takes a long time to get to the point that I want it to get to. Where's the new new? There we go. All right. So here's my conspiracy theory. If you yeah. read that tweet that they threw up on the screen that Coco sent mm-hmm. out, she's like, I don't have it in front of me, but the the paraphrase of it is, is like, some people would stab their friends in the back for fame and a little fortune. And I wanted to point out to you that she wrote L-I-L fortune as one word. Mm-hmm. So my, here's my conspiracy theory. I think that tweet was aimed at Alaska because of little pound cake. Because what? why would you do um, some fame and a little fortune with L-I-L capitalized? Isn't that a, isn't that a callback to Little Pound Cake? Or the fact that Twitter only has 140 characters? <laughs> You're in no danger. You're in no danger of passing 140 characters in that sentence. I'm just saying, Joe. It wasn't just L I L Pound. It was capital L, capital I, capital L Fortune. That was it, they were. She was calling out the Lil. You know what's so funny is when you started, I'm like, it's not really a conspiracy. <laughs> it's just, and then, and then no, but this is truly. A conspiracy theory. It truly is that she was really throwing. You know, mind, mind you, I am not absent from this. Remember, I was saying that it was deep game on season seven when they did the different finales and all this stuff, and I was like, oh, I'm playing deep game. And so I, I am prone to doing that as well. You know, here's what I will say. You know, um, over in the uh, people who uh, support us on Patreon over at the anti uh tier, they yes. know that uh, a year ago. <laughs> Which is going to be a real tier now, by the way. It's going to be a real tier I'm creating. I read the anti-Vera tier. They know that uh, uh, we did we we revisited All Stars two in a different way. We didn't recap the episode. We just sort of talked about it right. uh, intellectually, so to speak. And uh, and wh- one of the things I I talked about is I was on a second viewing of the season. I realized. Not that she was completely innocent, but that Fifi O'Hara got a very, very bad rap on that season. You know, she, now, I, again, I do think 
she I think because you know one of the things you hear about is after All Stars two you don't really hear horrible things about Fifi outside of the show. In fact, you yeah. only hear positive things about her. So I just think Fifi's a terrible person in those very high pressure environments. Yeah. One. Yeah. Two. They painted her as a villain because she wouldn't play the game. Like, one of the things we learned is she whispered it came off as villainous because she didn't want the camera to pick it up, mm-hmm. you know? So she was hoping that it wouldn't, you know, get the camera to pick it up. And and so also, like, even though she was violating her contract, saying, you know what? You just beat the living shit out of me for an entire season. I'm not going to show up and let you do it some more. I think take some real balls. I'll give you a perfect example. Whether you wherever you stand on the vixen, the vixen showed up and they fucking gave it to her. They she she played right into their hands, mm-hmm. and uh, and and gave them the moment that they really. So wanted. so what so, you're saying is is after they leave the show, the aerodynamics change. Yeah, completely, a hundred percent. And I actually think that's what Coco was saying in her tweet when she wrote. Some people I seek was, out I was dissing, fortune. I was dissing a door for saying aerodynamics instead of dynamics. Never mind. I'm oh, sorry. I didn't pick, I, I, I didn't pick that up. That no, I didn't Adore pick that up. was just like, yeah, and then the aerodynamics between me and Michelle had changed. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. No one's ever said Mensa candidate behind Adore Delano's <laughs> name. So, I mean, she has the word duh in her name. <laughs> and, uh... Uh, <laughs> but no one picked up a surprise. Daniel didn't pick up in Coco's tweet when she said, "A little fame, mm-hmm. fame, f- f- fortune, f- uh-huh. fee, fee." Uh huh. I think the message for Fifi. And that's. <laughs> I actually think that she was talking about the future contestant Miss Fame. Oh, don't oh, you know what? Wait, no, Taylor? Miss Fame was on season seven. She wouldn't have been a future contestant for her. Okay, work with me. <laughs> In Taylor's world, she is a future contestant. <laughs> exactly. This is actually 2021, Daniel and Joe, but 2012, Taylor. It's like, right. yeah. yeah, okay. Right. 2012. yeah. <laughs> I'm still watching season one at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Of I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, now, here we got a couple of things. You know, Alaska reveals, going back on the edit, that she voted for Fifi, but the producers... But, but you know, they went with Roxy winning. Now, Roxy deserved that win. I mean, that was a fantastic lip sync. But I think Sir Roxy still would have won. They would not have gotten rid of Fifi that early. No. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. They were going to get rid of Coco. Coco was always meant to go home. You know, she needs to stay thirsty, girl. And then also in this bit, Coco gives very good advice in social media when she tells the girls, don't go on social media. And yeah. still, this Jan, speaking of, you know... <laughs> Speaking of uh, uh, legitimate and, and sincere cries and fake cries, you have this jam with her fake crying, and she's on social media all the time. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Um, <laughs> after the break, a, tor- a door tears up at the p- clip package from the episode where she left the show. She also regrets quitting the show, but wasn't mentally prepared to be back in the competition with her friend Michelle Visage tearing her apart. Rube Paul said superstars can't wear anything off the rack and reminds the girls that they're all all-stars. Before asking Adore, will she come back for All-Stars 3? Adore sidesteps the answer, so who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Know. It could happen in could, 2020. It could happen. Good. Yeah. It could. Only time will tell. Later, Tatiana feels Alaska based her second elimination on politics rather than the critiques. Alaska, I noticed this the second time. Alaska never answers the question. 
She avoids the answer and throws a fake leg on the floor. <laughs> Finally, Gingerman feels she wasn't herself on the show and <sighs> didn't live up to her potential. She's getting her wish. She's like, could you make, could we make it so that the cast isn't so good? And voila! <laughs> We have All Star Six. Let's start with Daniel uh, J. Brewer. He of uh, Dubious Intent Plus. It's true, actually. Well, no, it's, it's Mix yeah. Minus. Mix it's Minus. Mix is minus. The, yeah, the new show, Mix Minus. Uh, th- here's the thing. I kind of shot my wad on the aerodynamics thing, but I did write that down. That you know, Adore was talking about how the aerodynamics between her and Michelle had changed, and you know, not to revisit the whole thing, but I felt like. She was perfectly within her rights to leave out of there because it was one of those things like, wait, I'm – she was the Madge Weinstein at that time. She was like, <laughs> fuck you. I'm more famous than you. No, I'm just going off the, the, the story that Madge told the other night. I'm more famous than you, so fuck you. I don't need this show and walked out and then later went like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe maybe I'm not so big. And, mm-hmm. you know, I feel embarrassed. Ha, 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 ha. Um, I wrote down for the Ginger thing because Ginger at one point says, I didn't know – Mm-hmm. Where to jump back in? Where did you get this clip of Ginger? <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I, what I wrote down was, did Ginger not know when to jump back in because the stage was reinforced? Um, and oh, oh, God. The best of today at gmail.com, by the way, <laughs> is where you can send all your complaints. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I f- wasn't this the segment where they were talking about Fifi or was that the next segment? Uh, it might be the that was the next. Segment. I, I wrote down whenever okay. they did. All right, it was next. Segment. So I, I'll save that for then. Yeah, I one of one of the things that uh, the, that I had written down was when Rue said to all the girls, "Just like you have to all take care of yourselves." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Is she like protecting her brand? Like, is that like uh, you know, like because I'm going to make so much money off of you." Yeah, it's like you. You must. I. We have no health care here. You must all take care of yourself. Oh, I thought you were going to go a different route. She goes like, guys, you have to take care of yourselves. Now, by the way, we are going to film you. You know, sixteen mm-hmm. hour days, back to back, no food mm-hmm. breaks. <laughs> when right. you hear about that season seven, they like remember um, Sharon Needles had to live off like ranch dre- bread dipped in ranch dressing because mm-hmm. they didn't accommodate her vegetarian lifestyle on the show. And and uh, duh, this uh, who's uh, Jasmine Masters, the, the, another Daniel. That's probably favorite. where Jasmine Masters got that loaf of bread from. She had heard, yeah, no, she had heard, yeah, heard yeah, yeah. So she that, brought her own loaf of bread. Was terrible, yeah, and so she brought her own food. And uh, and I don't and also the rumors right now for Drag Race UK is because RuPaul had a film who knows what uh, AJ and the Queen season two <laughs> that they had to cram in Drag Race UK in like a week and a half and so they were doing an episode a day and the queens were run ragged and they were barely ugh but they got to take care of themselves yeah right yeah so right. Uh, what did you think, uh, Taylor the Latte Boy, about this whole, you know, when Tatiana was asked whether it was all political, and she says, you know, I think it was political for that second one. I think, you know, I, I, I she, that's the same episode when she went home was she did the, the, the tea with Tati, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. also she had that, uh, uh, Lisa left. I don't know with the. No, that, that's the second time she went home with yeah, yeah, tea with Tati. Yeah, that's what she's talking about. And she said okay. that she that she didn't have the worst critique on that on that bit, and that she had one of the best looks in the in the season. And though she didn't feel she went home, and Alaska was like, "Let oh, me pull I, my leg know. off." Yeah, let me pull my leg off and throw it on the floor, and then they went to break. What did? What, but do you think it was political, Taylor? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, she was up against the other members of Alaska Talks. There was no way that Alaska was going to send one of the other girls home. Plus, haven't we? All, yeah, go ahead. Haven't we all heard these stories? I mean, I've heard them from you, Joe. These stories that like Alaska 
wouldn't let Sharon Needles put the crown on something because Alaska was upset that she had lost that season. Like she's she's very political behind the scenes and doing stuff. I mean, yeah. But that's where I'll give Detox credit. We haven't gotten there yet. But when she's asked later, she says, you, you know, I almost pulled Roxy's name, but I thought she's my friend. And I can't do that. And I yeah. really felt Alyssa should have stayed, but I couldn't do it to my friend. I have to give it to Detox for being honest there. Uh, I, about I, I'd like to mention the whole comment of when with the door where Rue says, you know, you can't wear off the rack stuff here, <laughs> you know, because you're an all star. You know, you're better than that. But as we've seen as the show's gone on with the infamous, I don't want to see any more fucking Mm H&M on Drag Race UK, that really that rule kind of applies for everybody now. So what you're seeing is you, in order to be on the show, you have to put yourself potentially tens of thousands of dollars in debt Mm -hmm. to possibly go all the way to win the $100,000. And it's, it's kind of gross because I think there are... A statement like that really, I think, deflates a lot of girls that don't have access to designers or don't have access to outfits that would come in in something off the rack and could really make it work. But it's just it it was it was a funny statement knowing what we know now about the machine that is Drag Race. I just realized right now I am the ginger minge. (laughs) On this show, sitting with two of the biggest superstars from Pride 48. We have, Taylor the Latte Boy, people don't know this. He has tonight, because we're doing this live on pride48.com. Mm-hmm. And Taylor has, I mean, this is only the most special people get this. Oh the God. icons. The last show before the closing show. He's closing out the whole weekend with mm-hmm. his iconic pod as my co-pilot. And then we have Daniel Brewer, who is the co-founder of this network. This is like the Mount Rushmore. Well, not me. I'm just ginger. But you two, I am so blessed to be with you. I, 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 I just want to. I just realized it right now. Listening to Taylor talk and Daniel talk, it's just okay. Adore. All right. Yeah. But I'm. Uh, you know. Do we look like? Fa- Do we look like fairies? Didn't she say that at one point? You all look yes. like fairies. Oh, you definitely look like fairies. I'll tell you that. That is. <laughs> Not a lie at all. Um, all right. Alyssa and Alaska discuss Alyssa's first elimination from the competition. Alyssa infers that Alaska made her choice based on politics rather than points. But Alaska defends herself by pointing out Alyssa's poor performance while actually filming. Alaska disses Alyssa's camera dress, and Katya calls out Alaska for the same type of yes. reveal. Yes. Next, Detox talks about the free passes that Alyssa got on the runway based solely on her personality. Alyssa gives a spirited defense of herself in drag, and later the girls talk about the face crack of the season when the eliminated queens return to the competition. Finally, the queens toot and boot the looks of the season. Let's start with. Pride 48 icon and uh, mental health icon as well, Taylor the Latte Boy. Um, you know, he would ne- you would never be on better help. You know why? Because you're the best help, Taylor. Aw, thank you. You would be on best help. So thank what you. do you think here? This felt like the most honest of the, the, the girls were in the entire reunion. The way that they were talking about things, uh, particularly... I had down the um, Alyssa versus Alaska going, no, you were horrible and you were a pain in the ass to work with. And that's why I voted you off. That it was, it, that wasn't necessarily a political answer. That was a, 
you were very frustrating to work with. I was over it. That's why I voted. That's why I voted you off. Yeah, but week. then she had to throw in the dress thing, which was bullshit. So I feel I feel like she she was right on the first point, and then she was lying about the second point. So right, but then she said this. But then that. But then you have Katya who was willing to go yeah, for Alaska yeah. and that, and go. Well, wait a minute. Yours was just a, yours was just as bad, and then she kind of deflected right. a little bit. But that was. I felt as though that that part was very enjoyable to watch kind of that back and forth. And what was the reveal of Alaska's bad dress? Little pound cake. And they cut to Coco right at that point. See? Oh, see? See? Mm -hmm. And people don't realize I was doing what's called product placement. Because one of our sponsors is BetterHelp. And if for RuPaul's Drag Race recap listeners, you get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Drag Race. It's better. B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Drag Race. Go ahead and do that today. i got to remove that in 2022. All right. Um, <laughs> any other thoughts here in Act 3? All right. In Act 4, after the break, the girls talk about one of the best lip syncs in the series history. Next, Alyssa reminisces about the hug that never happened when Fifi was eliminated. The rest of the girls chime in with their own takes on Fifi's attitude. And later, the girls talk about the family makeover challenge. Finally, the girls talk about their freakiest fan interactions. A door fucks her fans. So does Detox. Someone looked and someone licked Titi. Titiana's. Titi. So I can't talk today. Betterhelp.com slash drag race. 10% <laughs> off. Someone licked Tatiana's foot. Let's start with the co-founder of Pride 48 and one of the hosts of Mix Minus, which, by the way, fuck you for stealing my show, Mex Minus. <laughs> uh, that was going to launch this year, but what are you going to do? All right, Daniel Brewer, go ahead. I This was the segment that I referred to, right? They, they, they talked about Fifi in this segment for quite a long time without ever really saying Fifi. I think one girl said Fifi's name at one point, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, even so much to like go like into her reasonings for saying something. It's just like, really? Like you're just gonna, mm -hmm. you know exactly why she did whatever she did. Um, but the part that I wrote down here. Yeah that I was really, really curious about is, is, a, is a, really, it's a question for Taylor. I ha actually have it written down here as, Ooh. you know, this is a question for Taylor. Now, Joe and I, uh, you know, here in 2016 are both single and we're, you know, let's be honest, we're no stranger to sleeping with our fans. That's like, that's something that you do when you, when you achieve this level of podcast fame, you know, you're gonna have fans that you sleep with. It just happens. It just happens. But the question Taylor is as famous as you are, you're married. So what's it like for you to have to sleep with all these fans? Uh, what is your, how, how does that affect you, Taylor? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. Taylor, answer that question. So how does it affect me by sleeping with all of my drag race recap fans? Yes. Mm -hmm. That you don't, you clearly don't tell Babalu about, or do you, do you got, do you like oh, tell him about question. it? Like, is he a watcher? Is he a well, Robert Alou? No, is he a well, well, Robert Alou? Actually, I let him in on the anti Vera Charles tier, Charles <laughs> tier where I actually talk about fucking all of my mm -hmm. fans. Oh, yeah. and he listens to it with steam coming out of his ears. But that's part of the kink for me is making my husband mad by him having to find out who I was in infidelity, who I was infidelity, who I was, <laughs> yeah, that's right, not faithful to mm -hmm. him. Aerodynamics. Aerodynamics, yes. Yeah, it always is. Aerodynamics. Okay. Fucking me is always aerodynamic. Well, okay. Wow. I just wanted to know. Thanks. One time, I almost said one time I was fucking Taylor. Oh, well, let's go with it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was fucking Taylor. On an emotional and... level? Yes. Yeah, so you fuck me all the time. <laughs> and there was a Zelda shrine in there. <laughs> I'm playing Breath of the Wild right now. 
He 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 looks at my Triforce every chance he gets. Yeah. I got a spirit orb. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I was I was actually because when I said that I was actually imagining me and Taylor. Imagine a threesome Taylor with me, you, and Daniel. <laughs> Do I have to? And Lori's filming. <laughs> and eating Funyuns in the corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, by the way, if you're a member of the Anti-Vera Charles tier, mm-hmm. you get actual special access to that threesome. Mm-hmm. Actually, at the Anti-Vera Charles tier, you don't get access. That's the gift. The benefit <laughs> is you don't have to watch that. Uh, it's a free I, gift with all the other tiers. You is, automatically get it when you sign up for it. This really is one of those behind baseball things because I know that Joe must have the chat room up somewhere and he sees that Anthony Scott is in the channel where he knows that the stream is playing and that's why he keeps calling her out. But I just wanted to point out to you, Joe, notice how the headphone thing next to him has the slash through it. He's muted the channel. He's not hearing anything <laughs> you're saying. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> He gets a special – in fact, you know what I'm going to do? I've been to his house. <laughs> I'm going to drive to his house. You know, here's a weird thing, Joe. Here's a weird thing. Remember how he got so freaked out about us walking on that carpet, on that, that rug? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I, well, I was there again when, when you weren't there. No problem. Yeah. I could walk on the rug with no problem whatsoever, I think. But, you know, I am glad you're here, Daniel, because I've talked about this in the show before. Mm-hmm. So Daniel and I well, – Daniel was staying at Antivirus, and I basically went to go pick up Daniel. And it, it was on Halloween because yeah. they were doing that weird thing where they sit with Tom and Terry and watch, <laughs> watch Halloween, <laughs> right? On like a little screen. And Auntie Vera is so technologically deficient. Daniel, what? Re- listen to this, Taylor. The reason Daniel is there to help set up her sound bar. She's like, I, the sound bar, it's so hard, right? Anyway, <laughs> at a certain point... She leaves. He goes, I gotta go make a uh, dinner. And I go, mm-hmm. a dinner? It was like 10 30. Mm-hmm. And like 11 30, she's like, all right, you hear like pots and pans banging. And it's like 11 30 at night. And then she serves, I swear to Christ, I'm all, am I going to battle tomorrow or something? Like <laughs> it was like a beef stroganoff with br- uh, buttered bread. It was delicious. And well plated. And well plated. Mm-hmm. But it was like a heavy, heavy, heavy meal at like soup. I left. We went to breakfast after. That's how late the dinner was. That's how late the dinner was at Auntie Vera's house. By the way, I will say this, as much as she hates me. Very charming host. Mm -hmm. I will say that. I would expect nothing less. The food was delicious. The the food was delicious. Thank you. Granted, we didn't eat. We were were watching uh, the end of James Corden Mm -hmm. when it was on. You know, but uh, when we ate it, but it, yeah. We went to breakfast and then we slept with some fans. It was great. <laughs> we went to breakfast and then we slept <laughs> with some fans. It was, it was a whole thing. And um, yeah. All right. Uh, the girls discuss uh, Alaska's meltdown. Detox admits that she chose friendship over fairness when she eliminated Alyssa Edwards. Roxy talks about how she felt uh, like she shouldn't have been there because she was in the bottom so many times. Meanwhile, Alyssa feels that. Um, Rocky should have won the competition because she's evaded <laughs> being eliminated so many times. Finally, RuPaul throws more shit at Fifi when talking about redemption. Let's talk to Taylor here. Does it seem to you that RuPaul seems a little bitter? You are an expert at reading the human behavior, uh, human emotions. Uh, did it, did it feel like she was bitter there, Taylor? That RuPaul was bitter? RuPaul Andre Charles, yeah. Why would she be bitter? When she was talking about Fifi. 
Oh, oh yeah, no, there was definitely some. I think there was, I don't know that bitter is the right word. I feel like there is some, oh, you think you're going to fuck with me? I'm going to fuck with you first, or I'm going to fuck with yeah. you harder. Mm-hmm. And the the comments that were made were very, um, especially talking about Roxy's redemption and the work that Roxy put in for her redemption and everything, I think was just, she was going as far as she could without giving Fifi any... Um, evidence to use it a deposition kind of thing it just felt very it felt very where she was going to say as much as she could without just point blank saying fuck you fifi o'hara into the camera yeah what about you daniel what were you thinking on this whole segment here i um i wrote down that there was at one point in this segment where alaska was talking about uh she thought that you know she had seen she had just seen someone do badly on the show because they let their insecurities uh, get in the way of mm-hmm. of competing. Mm-hmm. And I think I think Ginger honestly thought she was talking about her because Ginger started reacting <laughs> like, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And she was clearly talking about Katya, uh-huh. but Ginger uh, somehow thought that she was talking about her. That's what I found fascinating about that whole segment. <laughs> that was did the one thing I wrote down. Say what? Yeah, did you find that? I didn't necessarily pick up on that. Mm. I think that, um, you know, this is an example, though, of girls who were on their seasons and felt a certain way and then have grown in between where you didn't necessarily get to see Ginger and Katya have that level of growth that I feel like we are seeing now in Ginger on All-Star 6. Yeah. Where where there is, I definitely, even just watching her level of drag for the reunion versus what she did then versus what she does now, she's definitely upped her game as far as polish and looks and everything that goes along with that. Um, Whereas I don't know that, you know, where you have somebody like Alaska or even like Tatiana, yeah. Um, who had time, had a couple of years in between to go, if I'm going to come back for an All-Stars, this is what I want it to be. And then fulfill that. I, I, I feel like that, that's a, that they had a better showing in that way. What, do you think that was the explanation of Katya's makeup? Because she even made allusions, she made allusions to, we had come oh. right out of the frying pan and just were like off of season seven and just thrown she, into this. No, I kind of remember she made a comment on, Somewhere in the in All Stars Two, where she made a comment of she wants to do she wanted to do a look where she was burned by her fans or where somebody uh, threw a vial of acid in her face and that was how she was going to come back for a reunion like like an off handed comment and that's why she came back with that makeup. I do remember seeing like a meme about that or seeing something in on Twitter about that that that's what that was about. Okay, you know one of the things we're glossing over and we do have a mental health professional here is Alaska's meltdown and the discussion about said meltdown. And it sort of seemed like her friends were running to defend her and sort of apologize for it. Uh, Taylor, what was your, if you, were, if you can pull back in your memory, what was your take on that meltdown? Cause Alaska is so beloved. So it was so shocking to the fan base then, but what, 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 what do you take away from it five years later? Well, I think that she sort of explained it really well And even though if you go back and look, we've talked about the fact that while she's having that meltdown, Roxy and Detox are clearly smirking in the background. So that could be another example of it looking one way where it was actually something else. Um, 
but I think the way she described it is, you know, I wanted this more than anybody else there and to trip up at the very end to make such a huge error at the very end and possibly have this all taken away from me. I feel like that was that meltdown was understandable. I think any of us could potentially have a meltdown for something like that, only not have the cameras right there. What would your reaction to that meltdown be? Would your reaction be like, Oh shit, she clearly wants this way more than I do. I'm I I hope she gets it because this really isn't that important. Or would you be like, bitch, I'm in this competition. What do you make what makes you think that you're entitled to win? I think there's a difference between the way they looked at it in All Stars Two and an example for example, something like All Stars Five, which I could talk about in a minute, but Joe has a question. I have a question because my question to you, uh Taylor Latte Boy DDS, who by the way wrote the book. Read you wrote you wrote it uh, about All Stars Two and the mental health aspects of it. That and, would be a great book. Yeah, <laughs> you wrote it. What do you mean that it, I've, it that I've already book. written? It's available on Amazon. One of their bestsellers. But mm-hmm. you know, um, my question to you is: Why does Alaska get a sympathetic view for I want this really badly and I behaved badly? I'm sorry. When Fifi did the same thing, so to speak. I think I don't know if Fifi necessarily was going for the prize, but was going for a redemption. And they're like, "Fuck you, we hate you." You just said it. Fuck you, they hate you. They were Fifi was never going to get the edit. She was never going to get the redemption that Roxy could have gotten. And Alaska went in already beloved, and then she gave they she gave them this moment to which then they could then portray her as having this meltdown. I see. I um, see it as her outside of this. Once they knew, once she knew she was on All Stars, her like starting the psychological games in. It's like you, this is late in the series, right? Uh, Fifi's mm-hmm. no longer there. There's a lot of people. This is down to basically Rolaska talks and Katya. Katya. So it's and like Katya. so. This meltdown at this point in time. Uh, maybe the reason she felt so comfortable in letting her guard down because she's a very guarded person, right? If that's the only like real slip of stuff that we saw. Mm-hmm. So well, maybe she just felt was lured in the comfort. Cause she's like, all right, good. My plan. I've made it to at this point in time, I can't lose. Cause I already got this alliance here mm-hmm. and you know, Katya can't be a dark horse. Right. So I feel safe enough now that I can. Right. Know, but then she also recognized that there's a, this is also a possibility, even though I've got, this alliance yes. with Alaska talks. Right. I'm just saying there it, is it, a it, chance. Alyssa had already been gone and back. Right. So that would have gone in because detox was the one that voted out Alyssa, mm-hmm. that this could have been a situation in which she go, right. Holy shit. She could vote me out because I am the lead because I am. The, I am the front at this point. I am the front runner for this. It would be easy. It's she could have gotten manila you right. know, or, you know, this is what I was talking about. The difference between All Stars 2 and All Stars 5 right. is it felt like from the time they all came in, everybody went, oh, well, it's Shea Coulee's. Even when Shea was in the bottom mm-hmm. once or twice, it was like everybody was afraid to vote her out. Whereas I don't know that they necessarily had that yet in All Stars 2 of where there is that. Because we've also seen what happened to Naomi after Naomi voted out Manila right. on four. Right, but they hadn't seen it before. Yeah. Right, um, but, but that's what I'm saying is that... And, and this was the very first time they had that twist, right? So. Right, but that's what I'm saying is that we're seeing 
at this point, Alaska didn't know that. Right. Alaska wasn't looking at it this way. Whereas now you see queens that they think that I think on some level they go, they would be Shay at some had to think to herself for whether it was on TV or not, whoever was the one that had would be an idiot to vote me out. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't know that they all necessarily had the forethought or whatever to do that to Alaska at that point. But what's funny is, if you remember, I mean, she weathered the storm, but um, who did we just talk? Who was the one that eliminated Manila? I can't remember her name. Naomi Smalls. Naomi Smalls. When Naomi eliminated her, she got a ton of, I mean, it was the fandom came for, and Manila wasn't even doing that well in All-Stars. And they came for Naomi. Was she doing well? No, Naomi, uh, Manila was doing really well. I That's why it was such crying. a Remember the constant crying and stuff? Well, she was constantly but, crying because Latrice was constantly not doing really good, and she was yeah. sad for Latrice. <laughs> okay. But Naomi got a lot of hate. Remember, and she was just like, deal with it. And I actually propped her. But I, what I'm tying it to, though, is imagine – I don't. I really do not know what happens this season. I did not look at the spoilers. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining unless All-Star 6 winner is Kylie Sonique Love, I think there are queens who – and, you know, I, I failed to mention this on any of the shows, but Kim Chi at Roscoe's recently said – that the show is no longer people trying to win the title. It's people who, and this is why All Stars isn't for her and why she won't go on, is they care more about what people think outside of the competition than the actual competition. That you really should be voting out the strongest competitor. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's the same thing here where these people are more concerned with their redemption and not, and, and, and how they're perceived on the outside that I, can you see anybody pulling Kylie Sonique Love's lipstick? That see, I, but balls. I feel like this is the, the original question that we asked so that we can ground ourselves back here was why did Alaska not get the shit for doing the exact same thing that Fifi yeah. did and everyone got the shit? Yeah. I contend it is the prior relationships. It is the, if you're about to go on like Survivor All Stars and you read some of those. Uh, interviews with those contestants that were on it, they will talk about, you know, beforehand, I met up with all my other survivor friends because we're, we all know each other. And we talked about, you know, we're not allowed to specifically say I was called the all stars, but you can say, Hey, if hypothetically, Taylor, you and I were called back to, uh, all stars, you know, wouldn't it be funny if we were, and then they would strategize without actually strategizing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of that, especially in RuPaul's drag race. Cause when they announced All Star Two, there's only a hundred other, you know, ninety nine other girls that could be. Mm-hmm. So you can start talking to your friends. Oh, look, it's it's all of Rolaska talks here. These are my friends. I can start manipulating them now to, you know, in planting in their brain how important it is for me to win that crown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's just a continuation of that. Taylor, you want to weigh in on anything else here? I mean, that's that's a pretty big. T- I mean, that meltdown is a turning point uh, for Alaska's career. Um, now later on, was I, it? I, I she she had to weather some hate. I remember. Yeah. You know, um, I remember. That oh, I, I see. What you're, I see. What you're saying you're saying like as far as fan reaction goes, because I was going to say reaction. like, yeah, it, I don't yeah, think yeah, that yeah. that dictated her One career. One of the things they're all playing nice, but I remember I went to precinct the night that they aired the finale. Okay, mm-hmm. and when Precinct was promoting the night, it was all the finalists were going to be there: Katya, Detox, Alaska, and no, Roxy wasn't going to be. It was going to be those three. Okay, and when I showed up, only Alaska was there, and instead, actually, Trixie Mattel wore Katya's one of Katya's outfits, and I can't remember who the <laughs> other queen was that actually put the the crown on Alaska's head. But the mm-hmm. others were supposed to be there, and someone was saying to the bar that they bailed last minute. And so 
I think that the blood was a little more bitter once they found out who the winner was going to be. I think they found out at the reunion that Alaska was the winner. They knew a little bit beforehand. And so they didn't show up. So I think that – I don't even know where I was going, but I think I lost the – You lost the plot, man. I lost the plot on the this. one person the, that has a stack of papers in front of him yeah. lost his place. I, started, I, I just wanted to drop that I went to the finale. Uh, <laughs> watching humble brag, uh, humble brag. Um, all right, detox on later. De- detox reminisces on her time on the show, and the girls share their favorite detox moments. Later, Katya also reflects on her time on the show, and then Katya's best friend Ginger. And the other girls reflect on Katya's run on the show. Finally, Alaska also looks back on her time on the show and her second audition tape. The show ends with kind words from the rest of the cast and Mama Rue herself, who calls All Stars 2 the best season of Drag Race ever. Ladies, I want to get you to get all your final thoughts on the episode and the season. But let me ask you this question, and we'll start with Daniel. Five years later, Rue says it herself, is this still the best season of RuPaul's Drag Race ever, Daniel J. Brewer? No. Uh, Oh. He was the best All-Stars. I would say All-Stars 2 was the best All-Stars season. Yeah. But the best, you know, the best episode of All-Stars? I mean, of RuPaul's Drag Race ever? No, no. Bianca Del Rio's season. Was that six? Season six. Yeah. Taylor, where, where do you fall on this? That's a hard one. That's a hard one. I'm, go- I'm going to respectfully dif- disagree with my co-host and say <gasps> that All-Stars 2 is the best season of Drag Race. Okay. With season six being a very, very, very close second. Because of the twist. Because it was, at that point, we kind of knew, we were starting to know what to expect with Drag Race as far as mm-hmm. we knew that, you know, ultimately it was up to RuPaul. Whereas this twist was something that was complete. It was the first time we ever saw anything like this that worked because we don't speak about all stars one and that twist. But this was one that I think really kind of shook the girls as they talked about in the very beginning of this episode, I will say this is the best season ever of RuPaul's drag race. Huh? You're wrong. Well, I I want to ask a a question for clarification from Daniel. Yes. Daniel, do you consider the all star series separate from the flagship series, yes, or are they all one and the same? Oh, no, they're they're different because I mean, obviously, All Stars has to be populated from, but I view it more like a spinoff show, right? So it's like you've got this over here is the main show. Okay, this would be All in the Family, and over here we're watching the Jeffersons, right? So, yeah, we've seen the characters on both, but this. This that was a bad analogy. I don't. I have. So let no me clear. ask you this: If you're pitting season six against All Stars two, and you have to choose one, mm-hmm. what are you going with? I am probably. You know, guys. All right, this is. It's easy for me, but you're going to disagree with me. But I'll tell you why I would go with season six because Ginger Minge and Alaska. So <laughs> Ginger Minge and Alaska are not on season six, which is a huge boon in my in my eye. Oh, you don't and like so, Alaska. I like. Alaska, fine. I don't think she was a good winner. I don't think that she was. I feel like she was very full of herself, and I just I wasn't. No, she's up there with Bianca Del Rio as the most beloved queen. I mean, yeah. it's neck and yeah, neck. I know it's crazy. And where do you? I mean, who is to you? Who is the most beloved queen? Like who was like uh, you know Jasmine Masters, Ginger Minj? You know, but yeah, who are other queens that you think are just the best drag queens in the show's history? Uh, Bianca. Alyssa, mm-hmm. 
I mean, for God's sake, Alyssa was just on America's Got Talent like three weeks ago. She she taught a bunch of ninth graders how to do drag. Um, and I, I don't know if they're going to make the live shows or not. It doesn't matter. But uh, Alyssa, I say Katya and Trixie, definitely from Uh, and Bob mm-hmm. the Drag Queen and his multiple incarnations of series that he does on YouTube. I would say mm-hmm. maybe Monique. Uh, sorry, uh, Monet. Oh, sorry. Monet Where did Shams? you fall on this, Taylor? If I had to pick between watching All well, Stars no, 2 I know or you like All Stars 2, but who are, your, who are your top three queens? My top three queens? Oh, was uh, I only supposed um, to give three? <laughs> no, 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 but he can give more, but Taylor gets stressed out with numbers. So I would say Magnolia Crawford. Great. Um, the, uh-huh. the princess. Uh-huh. Jessica Wilde. Jessica Wilde. Uh, definitely um, uh, Akasha. Mm-hmm. Definitely Akasha and uh, pork chop. They're my top five. See, we have different criteria of what we judge yeah. in drag, which is great. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. the the beauty of drag, right? That is the beauty of drag. It's, we are drag the is world. art, and art is subjective. <laughs> we are the children. Now, my question, you know, we have a few minutes left, a couple minutes left. My question, we'll start with Taylor the Latte Boy on this one, is. Now it's five years later. Let's, guys, okay, haha, we're not really recording this right after. It's five years later. Where does this season, where does this episode fall in the context of the show now? Like, in other words, how has the show changed? What, did this, did the All Stars 2 change the show? What have we, what have we learned since? I think that All Stars changed, I think All Stars changed Drag Race because I think that watching the way that the girls were perceived outside of the show, whether it was Fifi or Alaska using those two examples. And I would even say to some degree, Katya mm-hmm. um, changed the way that seasons nine through where it 13, getting ready to start mm-hmm. 14 eventually yeah. that I think that they see it, that this isn't just the competition. This isn't, this is more about, getting getting that getting this opportunity to really become a beloved queen outside of the show and that involves watching what you do watching what you say watching who you say it to mm-hmm. and um trying to as you've talked about on various seasons be their own producer and the producer's going no no that's our job don't fuck with us yeah kind of thing mm-hmm. i, what I have you, daniel where do you fall what what was the question where how is the, where does this show Oh did, was this the turning yeah. point or, or yeah. whatever uh, yes but th- was it because of All-Star 2 or was it because she finally won an Emmy and then attracted VH1 money to the show and then yeah. was able to hire more people and then it became a factory where things like cranked out is like is this this being a turning point I will agree with Drag Race definitely changed after this season I don't think for the better, but it changed. Uh, but is that a, a function of money and, you know, machine, necessary machinery for making money? Or is that a, a, a you know, was that a competition uh, decision? I just wanted to say one thing before we run out of time. Uh, I loved how Rue at the end when she played all the Alaska things was just like going, you know, from the very first time I saw you, I knew that. Was, then why did it take her five years trying out? If, if Rue knew <laughs> from the first time she saw her, then uh, why did it take her five she years? made her work for it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this season of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next season as we discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 9. Can't wait to see you for that, Daniel. So until then, (laughs) for Taylor the Latte Boy, Daniel Brewer, and myself.